Hey everyone, welcome to today's podcast. We're talking about weight loss and emotions. If you wanna lose weight, you can almost expect that you're gonna go through a lot of emotions during the process. And the main reason why is because you have probably been using your eating and food as a way to deal with your emotions your whole life. And so in order to lose weight or when you start getting cleaner with your eating, simultaneously what you're doing is you're not using the same emotional management strategies that you've probably been relying on your whole life. And so now you've got to figure out another way to deal with these emotions. And one of the main ways that you're going to experience emotions is that you may have been using food as a way to numb yourself from emotions that you don't want to feel in your life. And so all of a sudden, when you rely less on the food, and you start cutting it down. Again, one of the side effects is that these emotions show up right in front of your face now full force. And so it can be a weird experience when you start eating better, you know, living healthier and losing weight. And now you feel angry and sad and depressed and all these negative emotions. But understand that this is a normal part of the process because I don't care who you are. If you're if you live in America anyways, you probably have been using food as a way to deal with emotions. And so, again, when you take that out, these emotions pop up. So you need to learn how to deal with emotions in a genuine way if you're truly going to master your weight. And I think really being able to deal with your emotions is the real difference between being able to lose weight and being able to master your weight. Um, you can fight against emotions and force yourself to do whatever for a short period of time. So you can lose weight and fight against all the emotions. Um, and on top of that, when we're losing weight, the excitement of the weight loss, the focus on what we're doing, that in of itself sometimes becomes a numbing agent as well. Um, but ultimately, you know, when you get to your goal weight uh, and the excitement of the weight loss has kind of faded away a bit and you've gotten used to it, now you're going to come face to face with these emotions. And again, most of the time you're going to come face to face with them a lot sooner than when you get to your goal weight. So you got to recognize this first and then come up with strategies to genuinely deal with the emotions. Now, I'm not going to go into every strategy there is to deal with emotions here, but I will give you an overriding idea that may be a little bit different than how you normally think of it. Um, so again, a lot of times in America, anyways, we live in a symptomatic world in, in America where we're taught, we're taught to treat the symptoms. And so a lot of times, you know, when it comes to emotions, um, we treat the symptom of the feeling sad, feeling angry, feeling depressed by distracting ourselves. And so my biggest suggestion, what I've seen work the best for myself and my clients is when we start to really go straight at the emotion that we're feeling, let's just say, I feel sad. We go straight at it, we allow ourselves to feel it in a calm, relaxed way, and then we follow it up with the question, how do I want to feel? And the, the answer maybe is something as simple, I would like to feel happy, great. Now all of our energy or as much as possible we put into asking the question and answering it, how can I feel happier? And I can promise you, you have not been doing this. <laughs> you're wondering why you feel sad. You're running away from feeling sad and you're not taking all of your energy and putting into how do I want to feel and how can I feel more of that in my life in a genuine way? Now, I understand there's a huge difference between numbing ourselves and distracting ourselves and genuinely feeling the emotions we want to feel day in and day out with our lives, in our lives. So this is, again, just a, a real brief um, idea of how to talk about that. I'll do a whole lesson on that at some point. That's a big part of what we cover in the program. Um, but again, the, the main point here that I want to make is that 
when you're going to lose weight, you got to recognize that the emotions are going to come up. That's a, that's a normal part of the process. And don't be freaked out about it and understand that, um, understand that this is just a normal part of the process and don't be worried about it. Because again, it, it can be very disconcerting when you start losing weight and you get healthier and then you start feeling depressed and upset. But again, it's mainly because, again, you're not numbing yourself, you're not distracting yourself. And so now you're more aware of those emotions that have been there, all right? Um, so I wish you the best with this because this is why I do this. I want you to feel better. I want you to be happier in addition to weighing what you want to weigh. Um, more importantly, I want you to feel good about yourself. I want you to experience the emotions you want to experience and work through the emotions you don't like experiencing. Um, that's my goal for you. So I hope this helps you out. Um, if anyone has any questions, feel free to ask them. Anything at all. Doesn't have to be about emotions. Can be about anything at all. Um, how to stop thinking about eating junk food. Um, well, I'll tell you, that question within your question lies the answer. <laughs> um, one thing to understand about your mind, especially your subconscious mind, is it does not understand negatives. So Kalina asked, how do I stop thinking about eating junk food? Right? So if I tell you to don't think about what I'm about to say to you, okay, don't think about a banana. Stop thinking about a banana. <clears throat> Whatever you do, don't think about a banana. Right? What are you thinking about? You're thinking about the banana. So Again, this just comes down to if you really truly have any chance in hell of ever mastering your weight, you've got to master your mind. And specifically the lesson here is that we need to frame our questions in a solution-oriented way. When you ask a question like how to stop thinking about eating a junk food, that's a suggestion that you're giving yourself and it's causing you to think about eating junk food. Even though you said stop, <laughs> the, the, the big part is you're thinking about eating junk food. And that's what you're focusing. How can I stop thinking about eating junk food? How can I stop eat, thinking about eating junk food? What can I do to stop thinking about eating junk food? What can I, right? And you're just looping through that question and it's literally causing you to think about junk food. So a better question may be, how can I get myself to eat healthier foods? How can I start eating an apple and a banana every day? Uh, how can I increase my, you know, the, the nourishment that I'm putting into my body in a way that's easy and comfortable? Um, how can I feel indifferent to junk food? How can I feel um, a decrease um, desire for, for junk food? I wouldn't like that because I don't want to put desire with junk food. Um, I like indifference to junk food. Um, how can I see junk food for what it truly is and what it actually does to my body? Again, so I, I, in an ideal world, I don't want anyone to go near junk food. I can start out there, right? So it's no problem for us. Like, Jesus, I got to stop thinking about junk food. Fine. It's fine. Start out there, but work your way over a solution because instead of obsessing on the question, how can I stop thinking about eating junk food, which is literally doing the exact thing you're asking not to do, we want to obsess on, again, how can I get myself to eat healthier? How can I, you know, how can I live healthier? How can I drink more water? How can I get better sleep? How can I eat more fruits and vegetables? How can I eat more salads? You start obsessing on that, you're going to get way better results and that's what you're looking for. Okay, so I hope that helps you. <clears throat> What's up, Jody? Happy hump day. It is, oh, it's a hell of a hump day for me. It's my son's birthday. And um, yeah, it's, it's just a lot a lot going on, you know? It's like sometimes sometimes being a great parent's hard. <laughs> I'm kind of joking, but I'm not. I, I we, we just always a big deal out of everything, you know? The kid's 12 years old, but we still got to do the, the streamers, the balloons, the, you know, hang out with them all day, the whole thing. <laughs> Which I love doing. I love doing it, but it's just been a whirlwind of uh, of day to day. Uh, but anyways, yeah, happy hump day, everyone. I always love Wednesdays, and and I love uh, 
I love all the days, but but certainly I love I love Fridays and uh, and Saturdays and Sundays the most. Uh, Lorena, I just want to say that your free hypnosis is amazing. Today I listened first time and it is wow. Yeah, absolutely it is. Um, what she, what she's referring to, by the way, everyone, is you can go to my bio, click the link at the hypnosis sessions, free, free, and then I give you a training, three steps to master your weight, and then I send you emails every day to help and support you, all for free. Okay, and I got a lot of cool stuff coming, a lot of cool stuff coming. So um, go do that; it's free. That won't take you more than a minute or two, and you'll be in that world. And that hypnosis session is awesome. So I'm glad you enjoyed it, Lorena. Um, What's up, Karen? Yeah, bananas, right? <laughs> bananas everywhere. Does eating in only an eight-hour window help? Starting doing that and no alcohol Sunday to Thursday. All right. Um, here's the thing, Anthony. First of all, I always start this with what I always say is that there's no right or wrong. There's only what works for you. Okay? So you need to base whatever your weight loss is going to be on you. Some things are easy for you. Some things are hard for you. Right? Same for me. Some things are easy for me. Some things are hard. Okay. That being said... Intermittent fasting and keto are the two top diets right now. It's a crazy world we live in. Um, not that I really have a problem with intermittent fasting per se. I do it myself to a degree, although some you know loyalist intermittent fasting would bust my chops and say, that's not intermittent fasting, you're only doing 13 hours a day. But uh, for me, I, I stop eating usually around six, seven at night and I start eating the next day around seven, eight. So it's around 12, 13, 14 hours, somewhere in that ballpark. Um, do you need to get to 16 hours? Uh, no. Um, all it is, it's a strategy to reduce your eating window. And the idea is that the shorter your eating window, the less you'll eat. Um, I've found that not to necessarily be true. Uh, it, you know, I found a lot of people that try not to eat till noon and they're so hungry by the time they eat that they're binging during their eight hour window. So again, it just depends on how you feel about it. For me, I, I've tried it. I don't like, I don't feel good in the morning. I like to, I like to eat quick or early in the day, like within an hour when I wake up. That feels best for me. And so I don't like going till noon. But so I would say experiment with it and notice how you feel. And if it doesn't work for you, fine. You know, again, diet world is always telling us it's got to be done exactly the way they say it. And that is a bunch of bullshit. Okay. You can lose weight a million different ways. The secret is to figure out what works for you. And if you go about the process with that as the main criteria, what works for me? then I think you're going to go, you know, do a lot better. And I love the, the no alcohol Sunday to Thursday, I think is great. And program yourself, then we follow a model like that for the eating, where we have five days of pleasure, or five days of clean eating, two days of pleasure eating. So it's similar to that. And I think there's a lot of benefits to approaching things in that way. So I, I wish you the best with that. But yeah, the eight hour window, it's just a strategy to lose weight. It may work for you, it may not. Okay, but there's no magic to it. Um, I'm in a, I'm in a healthy weight, but I want to lose around seven kilograms. But why is it so hard? Um, why is it so hard? Well, how hard things are, it's kind of relative to how you're approaching them and the strategy of, you have access to. Um, I will tell you again, and program yourself. Then we follow the weight mastery pyramid, which is a pyramid to indicate the importance of each step. Mindsets on the bottom, the most important piece, lifestyles, the second one, and then eatings on the top. Most people trying to change their weight are just focusing on the eating. And that's why it's so difficult because you don't have the lifestyle or mindset supporting you. So as you get closer and closer to your goal, I think you really have to get more and more refined, especially with your mindset, your lifestyle and your eating. Um, but it does get harder the closer we get to that goal weight. Again, we do have to optimize. You know what I mean? It's a higher level. It's, like, it's the difference between getting an A or a B in, in class, right? I mean, it takes extra work. And the irony is it takes a lot more work to get from a B to an A than it does to get from like a C to a B. So... That's just how it is in life, that the, the higher we aim at for what we want, the more work it's typically going to take. 
It's not it's not the equal all the way around. That being said, the second piece is that a lot of people, um, we were just talking about this in the coaching group yesterday, that a lot of times people hover around their goal weight, but they stay five, 10 pounds outside of it because they don't know they don't know how to think like a thin, healthy person. They know how to think like an overweight person and a dieter. And I think subconsciously you know this. And so you hover, because you, you, when you get to your goal weight, you can't keep dieting. And you don't go back to an overweight either. So I think a lot of people subconsciously that they do get close to that goal weight, they kind of hover around, not quite there, but they hover around it because they don't really know who they're going to be at their goal weight. Like if you weren't fixated on losing that seven kilograms, which I bet you've been thinking about for a long time, the, the identity shift from being seven kilograms away from your goal weight and being a person, yes, I am at my goal weight. I was thinking about this yesterday for myself. Like it's very, you don't meet too many people that are just like, yes, I weigh exactly what I want to weigh. I weigh exactly what I want to weigh. And I love the way I eat, the way I live and the way that I make it happen. I am one of these people <laughs> and I wasn't always one of these people. And so I have learned the strategies and the mindset to, to be able to say that, but it's very rare. I mean, 82% of the population in America of adults is overweight or obese at this point. So the 18% that are close to their goal weight or in a normal range, um, I would say even half of them probably aren't happy with their weight, you know, and the other half, you know, maybe are, but they're not sharing their secrets uh, or it was always normal for them. So yeah, I sit here in front of you as one of the rare people who can sit, literally say I weigh exactly what I want to weigh. Exactly. And, um, you know, that's what I help my clients do. Um, Kalina says, you're right. That makes me even want it more. I'm glad, Kalina. I'm glad that helped you out because our language is so important, you know. Again, as a hypnotist, I focus on the subconscious mind and the subconscious mind is extremely literal. And so I will tell you one of the biggest things you could change with that knowledge is your goal. Your goal is not to lose weight. You don't want to lose weight. You want to get to your goal weight and live at your goal weight for the rest of your life on near autopilot. You'd be well served by upgrading your goal from wanting to lose weight to wanting to live at your goal weight. On near autopilot is a very important piece too, um, but at the very least, understand that difference. The weight loss is just a phase. It's going to take you a couple of weeks, months, or years. Then you're at your goal weight, but you're not even thinking about living at your goal weight. You just kick the can down the road. You say, oh, when I get there, I'll figure it out. You won't. And the reason you won't is because the way you think about weight loss is doing extreme things that are unsustainable. So you, your brain breaks when it thinks about doing keto forever or doing intermittent fasting forever or counting points forever. Your brain just breaks down. Uh, well, I don't want to think that, you know? So again, the goal you, you hold for yourself is extremely important. Um, Laura, Ann, I, I, you know, I, I saw your question. I was going to make a video on it. Um, which I still might, but I'll answer it here too. Can you give an example of how to combat moral licensing regarding food? So yeah, moral licensing shows up. Um, th this is a cognitive bias humans have, the licensing effect. It shows up a lot with food, but especially it shows up with like working out, shows up with intermittent fasters, okay? And what it means is when we do something good, moral, or virtuous, what we consider to be good, moral, and virtu virtuous, we follow it up by doing something not so good, moral, and virtuous. And so um, with, with the food... You know, we might, we ate really well and I was, oh, now I deserve a treat. It's easier to see like with intermittent fasters and workouts because people get themselves to go to the gym and in their head like, oh, I burned 500 calories. I'm going to have that muffin thinking it's only 200 calories. I'm still in a deficit. But in reality, they burn 200 calories and the muffin's 500, you know? So again, it's almost like we let our guard down, but it's, it's way beyond that. 
the licensing's fascinating um, because as are, are all cognitive biases, because I could tell you about it, but you're still going to do it. So um, there is that. So moral licensing with the food. Again, I'd like to know your specific situation with it because I could be a lot more clear, but the general idea with food is that you ate well and now you feel like you deserve a treat. Uh, I, did, I did so good yesterday and, and the day before, I, now I can have a cookie, you know? And so, um, you know, that's just a big challenge with our minds because we also, on top of that, have a negativity bias. So it's funny that we do these things to ourselves, but we, we feel we're good about ourselves without our defenses down and then we kind of mess things up and then we remember the mess up more than the good stuff. <laughs> so how do you deal with that? Um, I mean, what I do is I really, I structure my eating. So I don't, I don't rely on my moods to, to, I don't just like, I don't leave my food decisions up to chance and moods and hunger and situations. My, my eating is very structured. Now I, that may freak you out. Um, but I will say that I think, um, structuring your eating is crucial. I, I think there's not too much, um, I've not too many, seen too many people successfully change their weight who have not um, structured their reading, you know? So I think you gotta do that. So, so that's how I deal with moral licensing. There's a lot of psychology with it too, but um, structuring your reading is one way to do that where you pre-plan a lot of what you're gonna eat. Again, that's why I talk about the five-two model. Five days of clean eating, two days of pleasure eating helps with that a lot because if you're just in the moment, that's what I'm trying to tell you is that the moral licensing, we can even talk about it. You can learn about it and you're still gonna do it. You know, again, Oh, this goes back. I, I, I need to give you a bigger and bigger explanation of what's going on. But folks, we're subconscious creatures. We're not aware of what we do. Sorry to burst your bubble. <laughs> You're not a conscious creature. You're conscious here and there for a little bit of time. You, you can't be conscious all the time. Think about this. There's Zen monks that dedicate their entire lives to being conscious and mindful all the time. And the way they do it is they clear everything out of their lives. And that's all they focus on. We're, we're not built to be conscious creatures. So most of your eating, most of your behavior is done on autopilot. And so this is an autopilot process that when you ate well, now your brain says, oh, I can have a cookie. I just, I ate well, this isn't going to matter. So it's like, you're, you're never going to change that. So you need to, again, that's the beauty of cognitive biases and understanding them. You're wired this way. So I can sit here and tell you, I can tell you why, um, why you're doing the, the, I can tell you about the licensing effect. I can tell you about the negativity bias and you're still going to do it. So what you have to do is you have to figure out strategies to deal with that and structuring your eating is one strategy to help you do that. Um, Lorena says, definitely going to listen to it tomorrow too. Yeah, Lorena. Yeah, that's awesome. And again, if you really, if you really get into it, um, you can check out my program. And I know sometimes that program's out of reach for some people financially. I get that. There's a, a version of it without coaching though um, that's a lot more manageable. And that has sessions every single day for eight weeks. And then there's a hypnosis library with another 30 sessions. There's sleepnosis sessions at night. There's, there's a ton of hypnosis. So if you like the hypnosis, um, you should check that program out. Um, Karen says, happy birthday to your son. You'll miss that when he grows up. I know that, I know that. I, I think about that constantly. And I'm always referencing uh, that when I'm older, I'm going to wish I could do this stuff now when I'm, when I'm feeling annoyed at things I have to do. So I, I appreciate you reminding me of that. And I, I keep that up all the time. Um, audio went weird. Does it sound better now? Because I put the microphone in. So I'm hoping it sounds better. Um, I also have PCOS. Yes, PCOS, um, Hashimoto's, insulin resistance, thyroid issues, menopause. All of these things are real challenges, but you can still lose weight. Okay. But as I always say with people that have real physical challenges, like I just mentioned, 
I think in your situation, it's extra important that you extra focus on the lifestyle piece. A lot of times in that situation, just focusing on the food and the calories isn't enough to get you the results you want. You got to have this lifestyle piece too. I think everyone needs lifestyle peace, but especially if you're dealing with some physical issue, um, because the lifestyle piece starts to positively impact your body, your cells, your biochemistry, the similar way that the, the PCOS or the negative things neg make it negative. Okay. Now I'm speaking in vague generalities here. Okay. But um, when you start sleeping better, hydrating properly, relaxing more, breathing deeper, nourishing your body, moving more, meditating and feeling more gratitude in your life, you start to influence yourself at a cellular level, biochemical level, and it positively impacts you. And a lot of times that'll counteract or over, override um, the negative impacts of whatever physical thing you may be challenging yourself, being challenged with. Um, your volume went down some. What's up, Vicky? Get warmed up for our call. Oh my God, is the volume? I don't know, guys, can you hear me now? Um, that's me right now. I'm hovering because I've been overweight my whole life. Yeah, Melissa, right? So it's almost, it just sounds so strange, but it's like in your, Melissa, in yourself right now, you've got two mindsets. You've got an overweight mindset and you've got a dieter mindset. And you can diet yourself down to your goal weight, but the same problem exists that you know how to think like an overweight person, you know how to think like a dieter. And you can't keep dieting and you don't want to go back to overweight. Which brings the core issue that I believe exists for everyone is that you don't you don't know how to think like a thin, healthy person. And no one's out here teaching you it. You know, I'm out here trying, doing what I can, <laughs> you know, but no one's even talking about this. No one's no one's doing it. And I know Melissa, you're like, what the hell? What's going on? I don't understand. I think a lot of people subconsciously keep themselves above that so they can stay in diet mode. I truly believe that. Because they're so worried if they stop dieting, they're gonna put the weight back on. There's a lot of anxiety as you approach your goal weight. I know people think that's crazy, but if you pay attention, you'll realize there's a ton of anxiety that you can put the weight back on. And it's because you know how to think like a dieter or an overweight person, and you don't know how to think like a thin, healthy person. That's it. That's a, that's what I help people do. You know, and that's why it's so important. John says, it's taking me about 550 calories each at breakfast and lunch to not want to eat my arm off, trying to find the sweet spot, experimenting. Yeah, exactly, John. That's exactly what I mean. Um, and it's not just the calories though, John, it's also the fiber content, okay? Um, again, calorie, if you understand calorie density, you gotta understand calorie density if you got any chance in hell of ever mastering your weight. Um, because calorie density is the amount of calories per volume of food. So a cookie's this big and has 100 calories in it, a salad's this big and has 100 calories in it, the salad is going to be exponentially more satisfying to you. The calorie just absorbs and melts away, it's all flour and sugar the salad has fiber in it and nutrients and things that really satisfy you. So understanding calorie density is the secret to not wanting to eat your arm off, you know, in the middle of the day. Um, and then experimenting with some different um, foods. Um, what's up, Joy? Hello. Yeah, New Jersey. All right. I'm in Massachusetts. So right up, uh, right up the coast a little bit for you. Um, Frida says, can you explain more how you think like a thin person? I've been overweight most of my life. Um, yes. How do you think like a thin person? That's a big question. Again, please, folks, go to my bio, click the link, listen to the hypnosis session, but watch the training. The training, I go through a lot of this stuff in more detail. Um, how to think like a thin person, you've been overweight your whole life. Uh, I don't want to disappoint you, but it's it's like learning another language a bit, you know, in the sense that you don't know how to think like a thin and healthy person. So when people say, oh, I know what to do. I just got to get myself to do it. Uh, you couldn't tell yourself a bigger bunch of bullshit than that. You don't know. If you've been overweight your whole life, you don't know how to think like a thin, healthy person. Just that you don't know how to speak Chinese if you grew up in America. You know, so it's like you have to learn how to think like a thin, healthy person. So there's a lot of ways a thin, healthy person thinks. But the biggest one of all of them is that 
The goal's different. So if you're overweight, you think your goal is to lose weight. And if you're thin and healthy, your goal is to live as a thin, healthy person, to live at your goal weight. So I, I hope that makes sense. Because if you think about losing weight as the goal, in your mind, you're making the goal weight the finish line. And then what? I don't know, figure it out then. But it, it's, a, it's a vacuum of space. Do you see what I mean? Like, like if I ask you, what do what you, because I do this all the time with people that are losing weight and they get pissed off. It's a triggering question for them. Um, they're losing weight. They're all excited. I said, what are you going to do once you lose the weight? I don't know, Jim, I'll figure that out when I, when I get there. I'll figure it out. I don't want to think about that now. Yeah, you don't think about it because there's nothing there. You have no, there's nothing there. I joke, speaking of Chinese, I say like, you know, it was the Chinese word for uh, pencil. You know that feeling you have where just there's nothingness? That's the same feeling you have when you think about how would I think like a thin, healthy person? It just doesn't exist, you know? How would I, what do I do once I lose the weight? That's territory you never, you never consider that. So your whole mindset is about drastic things you can do to lose weight quickly, and which is why you get yourself stuck. So again, um, thin and healthy is really thinking about how can I live at my goalie for the rest of my life on near autopilot? Now, there's a lot of ways to think like a thin, healthy person. That's a big, big question you're asking. But what I gave you is kind of a big generalized answer to that because I got to get out of them in anyways. But go watch the training. I go into a lot more detail about that. Um, uh, yep, yeah, Laura Ann, thank you kindly. You're welcome, Laura Ann. I, and that was a good question. I think you asked another good question too, and I thought they were both good. Um, it's better audio now. Yeah, I put the better microphone in there. I don't know what happened. Oh, I guess the microphone thing was low too. Um, it's all I've ever known. I lost 20 pounds and I'm 10 pounds away from my goal and I'm stuck. Um, yeah, I get it, Melissa. Okay, let me give you another one. Um, here's another little mindset shift you can use. The difference between being an overweight person and being a thin, healthy person is that I would suggest that you don't make your goal, I want to lose X amount of pounds. Because when you are stating, I want to lose X amount of pounds and you're fixated on that, subconsciously you're imagining yourself being overweight, right? Think about this. So much of programming yourself then is built around what your identity is, your self-image, right? And so as we're talking here, right? All I've ever known is being overweight. Yeah, that's your self-image. You, you don't like it, but you know how to get by in the world as an overweight person, okay? And so to become a different version of yourself is scary. So we need to practice it and prepare for it. And so one way you can do it is instead of saying, I want to lose X amount of pounds, you can say, I want to be X amount of pounds. And so when we say, I want to lose X amount of pounds, subconsciously, we're coming from the identity of being overweight. And so you're reinforcing that overweight identity. And so when you start saying, I want to be X amount of pounds, you're starting to develop that identity. And it takes some practice and awareness to do that. I know it may sound crazy if you've never heard this before, but it's really important. Um, I've been at my goal weight several times and it felt odd. Like now what? Thank you. Thank you, Susquino. That's what I'm saying. Um, or Spas Spasquino. That's a, I like that. Um, yeah. Okay. Is everyone seeing that? I've been at my goal weight several times and it felt odd. Odd. I, that's what I, I would tell you. I've done well over, I'm almost up to 6,000 private weight loss sessions at this point. And I always ask that people have always lost weight. And I said, what happened? You know, you lost the weight. Why'd you put it back on? It's always some version of, I didn't feel like myself. We always are going to live up or down to our self-image. You may not even know what your self-image is. I always find that crazy, you know, that you've been struggling with your weight for decades and you really don't know shit about how to lose weight. Honestly, you got a few vague tactics at your disposal. Oh, stop eating carbs. I got to stop eating carbs. I got to count my calories. got to count my points. I got a 1,200 calories I got to eat. Uh, I got to stop eating carbs. You know, you got some vague ass tactic, but you don't have any real nuts and bolts knowledge of how to get yourself to do it consistently. And that's really what I focus on. But yeah, the self-image is, is really what it's all about. Your self-image, if you're an overweight person, has got to change if you're going to live as a thin, healthy person, you know? And there's a lot that goes to that. But uh, Spasquino is really hitting the nail on the head. Like, now what? Exactly. 
And, and that's what you got to get a handle on. I interview people all the time that are getting close to their goal weight and they're, they're anxious as fuck. <laughs> they're really nervous because they know how to be overweight. They know how to lose weight. They don't know how to live at that goal weight. And they know that deep down, they can't articulate it. They're not consciously aware of it, but there's a part of them that's scared to hell to get to that goal weight because then they just expect they're gonna put it back on. You know, because the mantra goes, the dieter's mantra goes from, I just want to lose weight. I just want to lose weight. I just want to lose weight. And then they lose the weight. And then the mantra becomes, I hope I just don't put the weight on. I don't want to put the weight on. I don't want to put the weight on. I'm scared to put the weight on, you know, and they just flip flop between those. So obviously we got to change that internal dialogue and thought process. Um, cancer treatments caused me to lose hundred pounds and now I don't want to gain it back. I was overweight. Um, yeah, that's interesting. It, it's weird when different things that we didn't necessarily involve with get us results. That is a, a thing to deal with. Um, I hope that they worked for you. Um, that's why it's important to think of this as a health journey, not just a number and a scale. Absolutely. Um, Melissa said, thank you. That was helpful. Good, good, good. Greek, yes, absolutely Greek. Hi, Jim. I'm trying to lose weight and I literally can't. I keep binging and I've destroyed myself. Um, okay. So, oh boy, I'd love to get this. I got to get out of here. But um, man, I, I would get, get, I'm on here usually at noon, noon Eastern. Um, and I'm happy to talk to you guys about all this stuff. Desperate for the last 10 pounds. Absolutely. Yeah. Guys, okay, listen, go go to my bio, click the link, get the hypnosis session, and listen to the training. Watch the training I give you, okay? And then read the emails I send you every day. It's all free, okay? If you're really serious and you like it all, you can get, check out the program. You can work with me, okay? But um, get the free stuff at least and, and look into that because it'll help you. I guarantee it. it's a different perspective on things. Um, and there's a the podcast is program yourself. Then you can hear it on all the platforms and um, every weekday we do one. So, all right, everyone have a super day and we'll talk soon. Bye.